Hello and welcome to episode number three of Brewed with Hustle. Today's guest, Ryan Lasseter. Welcome to Brewed with Hustle, hosted by Jake Keys. Jake is a former tribal gaming executive, Native Business Magazine Top 50 entrepreneur, and owner of Oklahoma City's first Native American craft brewery, Skydance Brewing Company. He believes if success were a beer, it would be Brewed with Hustle. Each week, Jake interviews inspiring leaders and entrepreneurs as they share their stories, tips, tricks, and habits that will inspire you to take action on your dreams. So sit back, grab a beer, and let's brew. guys we appreciate everybody checking back in with the brood with hustle podcast we're doing our third episode today we got our second guest actually and this is a friend of casey's that casey's introducing us to and casey's back there behind the mic today how are you casey i'm doing good man and i would say man he's more like a mentor and a friend there you go you know uh, already already i really i really look up to this guy a lot uh we're kind of into a lot of the same things and uh you know, if I'm ever having a problem kind of getting through an obstacle or anything like that, I call and talk to him, and he just makes it sound so easy. And then I implement the plan, and, and we're on to the next. Nice, nice. I love you, Casey. <laughs> so how long have you known Ryan? Man, I would say about three years now. We, we met in a uh, – it was a social networking group um, called B&I uh, that neither one of us are in right now. But um, it was it was a – I'm glad I met him. I'm glad our, our paths crossed because uh, he, he definitely, you know, helps me out in, in some times. So. Yeah, yeah. We've got all kinds of different guests lined up that we're going to have on the show, and Casey <clears throat> recommended Ryan to us. So what I really like about when Casey recommends somebody is that uh, if we don't get a lot of downloads on this episode, it's Casey's fault. I totally. Don't like <laughs> hey, I'll take it. <laughs> we, we won't even blame it on you, Ryan. We'll say it's all on Casey. So. All right, so uh, let's get to it. We'll get to our interview. Like I said, we have Ryan Lasseter here. Ryan is uh, what he calls himself an accidental entrepreneur. He's the owner of Defining Image and co-owner of Levant Technologies. Uh, Defining Image specializes in headshot photography, and he's been doing that since 2017. Ryan, how are you? Man, I'm great. How are you? Doing great, man. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, so, thanks for having me. Um, that We talked before the show kicked off that uh, – we, I was a little nervous about doing the interview because I, I haven't met you yet, so yep. I, I don't know you. Most of the people we interview, I have a pretty good knowledge of their background and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it'll be interesting to meet somebody new that's into the, a lot of the same stuff that I'm into. So sure, um, maybe we'll even get into a little bit of your Buddhist background. Yeah, and absolutely. that'll be pretty interesting. I think that's something that uh, a lot of our listeners will be into and. Uh, interested in hearing about that we may not get a lot of opportunities to talk about with other guests sure so, uh so anyways yeah let's t tell me about uh let's let's start with uh defining image tell me about defining image what do you do with that sure so defining <laughs> image is um is a headshot specifically headshot company with photography and and what's crazy is that and this is a recurring theme for me mm -hmm. it was a complete accident right and we'll talk about that with with everything um but i never thought Everybody talks, you know, entrepreneurs like niche down, niche down, find your niche, these types mm -hmm. of things. And uh, you go through these periods of like, okay, well, <clears throat> I'm going to start out with this niche. What, what do you say? Do you say niche or niche? Let's get this straight right now. <laughs> I've probably, I probably say both. Yeah. See, here's, I have a little sales trick. Okay. So what I do is I fill somebody out. I let them say it first. And then, I've said it twice in opposite <laughs> direction. It's not going to work. <laughs> so I just agree with however somebody else says it. Let's go with the French. We'll go with the niche. Let's, so let's go, go niche. niche. Okay. So is so, it Target or Target? <laughs> I'm just saying. It depends on how fancy you want to be. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll keep it half fancy at go. niche and there Target. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So you start out with a niche, and then you get confused, or your marketing's not right, or something. You get nervous. You get mm -hmm. hungry. And then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to expand out a little bit and try a little bit more. Maybe I need to be doing something else. Maybe this mm -hmm. isn't right. And then eventually you figure out, no, 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 this is the yeah. right way to do it. So I did that with Defining yeah. Image. Um, and so I am strictly commercial headshot photography, um, whether that be realtors or entrepreneurs or yeah. actors, those kinds of things. So is was Defining Image your first company? Is that what, Was that your first? <clears throat> you start with uh, Levant? So I didn't start Levant. 
Levant's been around for 16, 17 years. Okay. Uh, started by a guy named Tarek Dina okay. in, in Norman. And that started out of the, he was a programmer and he was just doing help. Mm-hmm. He was helping out people that he thought needed go okay. to websites. And so that thing kind of went, I was in the music business for mm-hmm. a long, long time. And so, um, again, everything was an accident. Yeah. And it's just something I'm telling my little brother right now. So I'm, when I'm younger, I'm in college. Um, I find that I get married there. And then I find that, uh, my wife, Kristen has already gotten her bachelor's and now she's getting started on her master's. Okay. And so not stressful for us as a family because she's Chickasaw and they are amazing and they're taking care of that for us. Um, and they've, they've helped us out tremendously throughout the years. Mm But here I am wasting our money. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting here. I'm a music store bum learning a lot about stuff that no one needs to know. Sorry, Casey. Um, (laughs) And and just (laughs) and then sitting here thinking and I can remember having the conversation with my wife like no one is going to pay me what I get paid right now to do anything else. Yeah. I was making about 34 grand a year. So had my my perspective been a bit a little different mm-hmm. anybody would have paid me what i was getting paid yeah. there to do something else i was i just felt so so pigeonholed mm-hmm. there um and it was weird we had our we had our a kid um this was 20 oh i shouldn't say that i'm gonna get in trouble <laughs> 2011 yeah dude yeah i think that's it um and it was starting to get a little weird because the Kristen was there and she was doing her master's program. And then Mm -hmm. I started needing to work more. So I pulled out of the college thing and decided not to finish uh, because I had no idea. You know, Um, I didn't know what UCO was when I applied for colleges. The only reason I applied (laughs) is because that's where Kristen was going and I wanted to be with her. Um, Started out as a psychology major, but Kristen was like, well, you need to get some sort of scholarship. You go do music. And then I became a music major. And then I started working with the people that would be my peers, Mm -hmm. hated it, hated it. And I was like, okay, well, this isn't going to work. So then I went for music education. I would be a horrible teacher because I have no patience. Um, And so, and I knew, I saw the qualities that Kristen had being a teacher. And so I was like, okay, this isn't working. So then I switched to just history and then history education and kind of messed around. I was like, okay, I'm I'm wasting our money. Um, And so just went to work full time. And so... By that time, I had been working there so long, I felt really stuck, and I, mm-hmm. I just I wasn't learning anything. And I think that's been my gauge for when I'm done yeah. with a profession yeah. is when I don't feel like I'm growing or I'm learning anything. Okay. It just makes me really uh, yeah. nervous, yeah. right? And so about that time, Kristen had a friend from high school. Uh, we went over to their house for dinner um, and talked for a long time, and he invited me over to Chili's for lunch one day mm-hmm. just randomly. And I was like, oh, cool, I have a friend. Um, no, he had a proposition. Um, so he wanted me to run a a company for him. He goes, Hey man, we're starting this hosting company. I need you. I need you to run Mm -hmm. this for me. Um, to which I replied, no, I can't, I don't even know what that is. Why would you want me to run this? He goes, well, I need a people person. It's like, okay, cool. I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know anything. I don't know what an IP address is. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't not know the first thing about yeah. websites. So, um, but this was my out, right? Mm-hmm. This was my my next thing. It wasn't having to worry about commission. Um, I was kind of a little bit more stable. I was thinking about yeah. the family, making that yeah. kind of idea. So that's what moved me to Norman, right? And so there was an IT company and Levant mm-hmm. that owned this little sister, this little sister yeah. company. Um, two parents didn't, they were running the company differently. And so and ultimately it didn't work out. And I had to choose between Levant mm-hmm. and, and, Stra- and, yeah. and, and the IT company. And so I chose Levant, which was the more creative side, got stuck in, in, in web design and doing that stuff, which I love. Yeah. And I didn't know, I had no idea. I just fell in my lap, you yeah. know? All of a sudden I get around these creatives and these people that are like stretching and pushing and mm-hmm. doing all these things. Um, the CEO at the time, uh, Stacy Eads is well known in this community. And it was amazing just sitting down across the table with someone, um, and just soaking everything yeah. in. I can yeah. remember sitting in that office for hours, just being enamored by all of these things 
hmm. that she knew. I'm like, how yeah. do you know all this stuff? Like, what yeah. is it? How do you do this? <laughs> and and I think that's kind of what sparked something in me yeah. is just being around this group. You know, Stacy taught me how to network. Mm-hmm. Stacy taught me what it meant to run the business and how to how to do all these things and to think in different ways, but still never had an inkling for owning a business or doing anything like that. So I really started off just being an employee. Um, So at this point, you're really falling in love with that area of work. Yeah. Like that type of work. And and just business, right? Because I didn't know. I always worked for small businesses, you know, a skating rink or a local pediatrician or these things. And so I always had these weird ideas about what an entrepreneur is. Yep. It's either someone who takes ridiculous weird risks mm-hmm. and loses a bunch. Yeah. yeah. Do you cuss on this thing? Yeah, you lose your ass half the time, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Um, which I don't like. Yeah. I'm I'm a little bit more cautious when it comes to that. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't have if I yeah. would have started a little bit earlier. You know, yeah. Gary V talks about, you know, what the hell are you doing? Just make yeah. it happen and just just yeah. do it. Um I'm a little bit older with the kids. It just mm-hmm. kinda makes me a little bit more nervous. So yep. um I just never had that bug, but I started meeting people that did. Yeah. And I started realizing that those people, once we started talking, were asking me for advice mm-hmm. and they were asking me like, Hey, what would you do? If, and so I got to put myself in yeah. that position, right? Yeah. Still had no inkling that that was yeah. what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, I'm running around shooting pictures of abandonments because I was a hoodlum. Yeah. And, uh, that, that kind of ties into the whole Buddhist thing of impermanence and watching something that was once like this beauty and this, yeah. uh, this distilled emotion that kind of mm-hmm. sits in those places. It's kind of cool. So I wanted to, I wanted to take pictures of those places that yeah. I was in and, and, and watching people. I was a part of a forum that was like pretty elite to get yeah. into. Um, but all these guys were like taking these really amazing shots. I'm like, well, how do I do that? You know? So I, I order a camera I ordered, <laughs> I ordered a DVD mm-hmm. that showed me how to use a camera yeah. first, <laughs> right? To see if I could even grasp yeah. it. And then I just ordered whatever camera he was using on the yep. DVD. Yeah. Um, and notice you said DVD, not YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> it was a, it was an actual physical disc yeah. that got delivered to Forgot my door. About those. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> And then uh, remember how clear DVDs were <laughs> like you would put watch something on DVD for the first time. Mm-hmm. It was like, wow, this is incredible. <laughs> if I handed that to one of my kids now, they would they would look at me like, is this a video game? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, can you just stream this? What's it on? Yeah, yeah. OK, so once I got into that a little bit, I thought, you know, how can I how can I make this more a part of what I'm doing? Yeah. Right. And I thought, OK, I'm just going to shoot pictures for websites no payment i'm just going to do it half the time here's an insider tip half the time when you're building a new website and you're doing all this stuff it's the verbiage and the pictures that never happen on time yeah that's the stuff that everybody's always waiting on at the last minute and thinking oh this one page needs to be finished um and so i thought maybe i could alleviate that a little bit um, cause I'd have people that were like, Hey, we're ready to, to launch this. All I need is your big hero image, yeah. that image on the top of the page. And they'd send me like a vertical shot that they took of their phone. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, nope, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had my camera I was like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make this happen for you. You're going to love me. This is going to be the best thing ever. Yeah. Right. Customer service. And so, uh, I did and it was awesome. And I started shooting more, got a little bit better, still terrible, but got a little better. And, um, one day I got a call from a project manager and he had moved, he had started a project on main street in Norman and then moved to Chicago. Okay. So he was trying to push this over the finish line. Yeah. So he calls me up and he says, Hey Ryan, I've got a law firm on main street that needs some pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, before we launch the site, I said, cool, no problem. Tell them I'll be there between nine and five tomorrow. Yeah. I'll just take some shots around the building and on the outside, everything will be fine. I won't even bother him. He said, no, that's not going to work. It's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, they need, they need headshots. It's like, no, I'm not shooting people. They move. They're weird. I don't like people. I didn't think I did at the time. Um, And he's like, man, I told him you'd be there tomorrow. Tomorrow. Like that's the best, you know, the best word you can ever hear is like, I need you to do this tomorrow. So I go home freaking out and like any good millennial i jump on youtube or i google i don't know what it was i I think it was youtube i jump on how to take a badass headshot right and i find this 
weird, like brazen individual named Peter Hurley doing a talk up in at B and H photo in New York. Mm-hmm. And here he was laying it out. Yeah. And, uh, I watched a ton of his videos and, uh, absorbed 5% of what he said, mm-hmm. went the next day, did a very mediocre job, which I've since reshot and, uh, and then knocked it out. So what happened was in, the, in that shoot that I was totally against, mm-hmm. I thought, wait a minute, there's, there's something here. I'm, I'm, I'm watching these guys in New York and then I start doing more research. I look at the guys in LA and Chicago. I'm like, wait, people don't do this here. This is different. Why is this different? And then I look at the, at the, the process and the way that they direct and the way that they put people in there. And I'm like, this is, I need to be doing this. Mm -hmm. I need to be doing this. And that, that was the very first inkling that I had maybe even had it in me to own a business so do you consider yourself a photographer or an entrepreneur you know because i don't know it kind of because you're saying you accidentally fell into it you know and i can sense a lot of passion about photography Mm -hmm. but just the little bit that i do know about you i I definitely have started to sense a little uh, some passion about entrepreneurship so is the entrepreneurship bug something where it's like okay what's the next project or is photography your thing from here on out you know i think um at the beginning it was all just fear mm-hmm. everything was fear yeah sometimes everything is still fear but it's always looking into the future mm-hmm. i think i'm a little bit more cautious about it now yeah. right um i did my thing where i was like you know what i'm going to start a youtube channel this yeah. is what i want to do and i think i'm going to focus this and yeah. this stuff can be accessorized um but then i thought now that's not what I want to talk about. Yeah. And then I kind of pivot a little bit and kind yep. of move things around. So I do look into the future yeah. and I kind of think, you know, I don't ever want that one stream yeah. kind of deal. I want yeah. my hands in different things. Yep. I love helping people yeah. with their own projects. Right. Um, I really love that swoop in kind of see it from the outside. They get their little aha thing and I feel like I've helped and yep. then I kind of, I'm yeah. out. Right. Yeah. Um, so that helps a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's kind of one of those things. Once we get into Buddhism, yeah. is that a religion or is that a philosophy? Yeah. That's one of those yeah. things. Like, well, are you an entrepreneur? Or are you a photographer? I don't know. I don't know. So, okay. So you kind of, you kind of fall into this deal and, and you see how this works and you're like, okay, man, this is what I need to be doing. So how, how long did it take for you to just decide to get over the fear and just say, okay, I'm going to, I'm really going to turn this into a business. And were you, so did you have a job? Did you say you had a job? At yeah, the I was still with time? Levant. Okay. Yeah, still with Levant. And um, I'd like to say that there is this big <clears throat> moment. Yeah. And there kind of was, mm-hmm. but there wasn't. Yeah. I don't know. Because I'm I'm big on I'm big on the side hustle, right? This mm-hmm. was a side hustle for years yeah. because I was scared. Yeah. Right. And I think there's a huge distinction that I had to overcome of um fearing entrepreneurship in terms mm-hmm. of income and thinking what if what if what if yeah and someone sat me down gosh i don't remember who it was someone sat me down it's probably jared garner that sounds like something jared would say and he said man you're worried about not being able to make money mm-hmm. but here you are relying on someone else yeah. to make money to pay you yep he says that's the worst way to live yeah. your life. You're, you're trading one fear for another, essentially. Um, and that took a long yeah. time, a long time to get over. Man, and that's one of the craziest things for me that I hear people, I mean, fear always seems to be the hurdle for mm-hmm. a lot of people. They, they want to do something. They want to start their own business and they have this fear and I can't, now, of course I was probably somewhat in that same area. My, my hurdle was, uh, more, can I do it? Mm-hmm. You know, do I have the ability to do this thing? You know, but, uh, like there's nothing that creates more fear than working for somebody else and having to rely on that person for your family's livelihood. And so it's like, I, I just try to tell people all the time, man, if you, if you can, if you can live with that fear, <laughs> you can live with the fear of entrepreneurship. Okay. So answer me this because there's another side <clears throat> of this coin, yeah. right? what does it take to be an entrepreneur and does everyone have it within them to actually live that life? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, you know, I, 
a lot of people that I talk with probably get the the feeling from me that I think that, it, that anybody can do it. And I don't really think that's the truth. Like, I think mo there's more people that can do it than you think. Like, pe there's people can can be entrepreneurs and they just don't think they can. That was that was my deal. But I will say, like, a lot of people don't know what's involved with entrepreneurship. And a lot of it is YouTube and podcasts and books and these things that we that we consume that makes makes entrepreneurship look sexy. Yeah. You know. And so you're seeing all the good the good of it. You got the guy, he's on his boat somewhere and he started some tech company and now he's a millionaire or whatever. But they don't see the regular guys like us that are entrepreneurs and and the hustle, the hard work, uh the night I still have nights where I can't sleep. I'm wor you know worried about a financial situation, or uh, you know we just had the COVID nineteen deal. You know how, how how am I gonna survive? How's our company gonna survive mm -hmm. through this? Um, so there's always those same, there's stresses with everything. You know, yeah. um, I would just rather be in control of it myself than allow somebody else to be in control of it. You know, so that's probably the thing. But definitely, I feel like people. People need to see the real side of entrepreneurship before they do just dive, you know, jump in. They need to know if they're made out for it or not, you know. So that's something that you've you've talked about and you talked about in your article a little bit was I wish I had access to this information. Yeah. So whenever you were going through um, your transition into business ownership, that mm. feeding that bug a little bit. Yeah. Um, what were your top three? The things that 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 the the piece the books the podcast the video like what was the top three things that you're like you know what I can do this. Um, I'll, well, I'll be honest with you when when I decided when I decided to do it, there wasn't really I mean the thing that made me realize I could do it was that I had started running casinos, mm -hmm. and um, we the tribe said my my boss ran our casino and he came to me and he said hey the tribe wants to have a new casino out on route 66 in Chandler and I knew about the property but my grandpa was our tribal chairman they had started planning putting a huge resort casino out there for years so I knew this property but it was just it was in the middle of nowhere I knew that all it was was trees and a field you know and they said they wanted to have it open by uh by the time the election tribal elections happened which was going to be in like 90 days three months so here's all we have is a grass a field, some trees, and they want a casino there in 90 days. Now, this is the exit with, with the milk. Highland? Is it Highland milk? Uh, no, so it's uh, right. You take that Wellston exit. Wellston. Yeah, off of 44. So there's no, like, literally yeah, it's nothing. nothing. There was nothing there. So uh, now they'd done some planning. My boss at the time had been working with the tribe and doing some planning on how they would, you know, do how a casino. Would. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I can just remember tell, we told the tribe that's just that's just not possible. Ninety days, you know, and they, oh, we want it done. So we, you know, we said okay, we'll do it. I, I think in the back of his head, my boss was kind of like, you know, when it gets to that time and we're still behind, they're just gonna have to be okay with it. You know, what are they gonna say? You know, shut it all down. Yeah. So, uh, so we we get started, and I think the after a week of construction, which is not construction, just clearing out the land this huge uh, rainstorm comes and it rained for days. And uh, I think there was like a tornado warning. And it f we found out real quick that it was like in a floodplain area. Wow! And so the whole place is a mud pit and flooded. And so no construction for like two weeks, you know? And then when they did start up again, they had to raise the ground level up. And so long story short is we finished it in 88 days. And on election day, we were literally inside, like finishing some wiring mm -hmm. and hiding wires and all that kind of stuff, you know. So, uh, but we got it open, and I can just remember after after the first day of opening, like I literally went to the tribe. It was election day. I voted, came back as early as I could, started getting ready, and I was there till midnight or whatever. And at about ten o'clock that night, my boss had had. Uh, called and left a voicemail on my phone I didn't get to see it so I left at midnight and I listened to it and he had told me that uh he'll never doubt my leadership skills again you know and that he had a lot of employees come up to him you know he would go around asking do you guys ever think we'd do this you know and they were like <laughs> no not really but Jake never seemed worried about it you know so 
when after that happened, I just had this belief that I could do it. Cause I looked back, I was like, man, I kind of did start a company. I did start yeah. a business. I built the pl- helped build the place. You know, obviously our team did it, but, and that's, again, I learned it's not all about my abilities. It's about my ability to put a team together, you yeah. know, that can do it. And so right then and there, that was my, uh, moment where I would, where I felt confident about doing it. You know, now, obviously for years, all of the, the Zig Ziglar of the world, the Tim Ferriss's and all the stuff that I'd listened to and read probably played into that a little bit, you know, but it's kind of like you, it's accidental. It's like, it's, I already knew I wanted to do this, but something happens that really gives you the confidence or whatever, you know, so. shoves you over that line. Yeah. Yeah. But also had like a situation where I just, I knew I had to do it, Yeah, you know, but I procrastinated forever on actually doing it because of that, you know, lack of confidence. Was there so. some overlap with you with the two things? So like I shot for a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. I never left Levon. I ended up owning half of it. So, yeah. I mean, that's like or portions so, of it. So I had over over the years I'd kind of gotten to know some people, um, whether it was through our casino business transactions or whatever, people who were entrepreneurs, and I, man, I just noticed like a or or there was even little side hustles that maybe I tried to do or some friends tried to do that just never seemed to work out. And one thing I just always noticed, man, is like when people didn't go all in on it, they had a harder time making it successful or at least even following the timeline they'd really like it to be on, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, so I just, I really, man, when we got to the point to where it was time to start brewing beer and start and go, I quit. I left my, left my job with the tribe and started doing it full time. And I mean, it's paid off. I think a lot just because having somebody that can full time push, you know, branding and marketing and sales and that kind of stuff. And now I look back at people that have, started breweries and kept their day jobs. I have no idea how they've done it. No idea. So yeah, it was, it was an all in, all in deal. I'm lucky I had a fiance who works hard and, you know, makes good money and, uh, helps give some security there. You know, yeah. if I was a single guy, we had this conversation the other night, if I was single, I maybe, maybe I hadn't started it yet. Yeah. You know, I have kids, so I would have probably had that same mindset of what got to take care of the kids. So wow. Yeah, yeah. So, so how long was it? So you, you, you I guess you really always stayed with uh, yeah, Levant, yeah, and then it's, ended up being part owner. Yeah, it's weird. Um, the timeline was so odd, and it's not a story that I say very tell very yeah. often. But I had a date. I had a date in my mind. This was working. It's weird. You're talking about timelines, and I had no idea what I wanted. I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to let it grow organically. Yeah. There's no tension. When I started defining image, I thought the logo was cool. Yeah. And I literally had it drawn on a piece of paper and I took it to our, our, uh, our creative director and he was like, yeah, yeah, do this and add this. And like, yeah, dude, I'm a company. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Um, but I had no inkling of like leaving or doing this full time. It was just not a thing. It still yeah. wasn't a thing. Yeah. It was a, Hey, this is kind of cool maybe what I can do is shoot enough headshots to get a nicer camera. Yeah. And then it was, okay, I got the camera. Maybe I can shoot enough headshots with this nice camera to get the best lights in Oklahoma. And then when I did that, I was like, okay, well maybe I can just further whatever I was doing. So it kind of kept going. And so every year when I had this like, you know, dart, dartboard kind of idea Mm. of income or whatever, uh, I doubled it. Yeah. And, I, and it, that scared me. Yeah. So like you're, you're telling like, oh, well, some people, these side hustles, they don't, I didn't really have a timeline. Yeah. And so it scared me that it was going so fast. Yeah. Um, so are you a goals guy then? Like, do you set those goals of here's how, how much I want to make? Or are you kind of a fly by the seat of your pants? So I'm a goals guy. Yeah. And I'm a write everything down guy. I yeah. think we kind of share yeah. this. I am a goals guy because. I'm not a goals guy yeah. <laughs> and I am a very detail oriented guy. Cause I'm not uh-huh. a details guy. Yeah. yeah. And I think one of the huge, huge things that I've learned in my professional career is you, you have, to, I used to say you have to make your weaknesses, your strengths. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yep. You can't do that, but you at least can't let them kill you. Yeah. Right. And so, man, I struggled for so long mm-hmm. for so long. And Understanding, like uh, Peter Hurley, the the headshot crew uh, guy, the guy, um, my mentor and teacher, 
is big into Bob Proctor. And Bob Proctor um, is incredible, but his goal stuff is amazing. And yeah. Peter Hurley tells a story about how he kept a, uh, a little card in his pocket uh, for years. Or mm-hmm. This is the date and this is the goal that I'm going to have. Yeah. And every time he started getting a little you know, weary or whatever, he'd pull that goals card yeah. out and things. So that being oriented with that kind of people mm-hmm. made me goals oriented, but I'm not like... I'm not bummed when, if they don't happen yeah. and I'm not like really ecstatic if I go way over. Mm-hmm. Right. What are you, how are you with that stuff? You know, I think like, um, I am a goals person, but I'm not one of the, I'm not one of these people that writes them down. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of people believe in writing your goals, which I, and I think it would be very helpful. I'm not saying that I don't think it works. I'm just saying I'm, I've just never been that way. But I have goals. I just don't write them down and then look at them every day and that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, I think, is because I'm kind of a visionary type person of, like, I've got this one big goal. Like, this is it. Mm-hmm. I've got this one big goal, and I'm going to get there. And I don't want to miss a bunch of little goals on the way that will discourage me from sure. getting to that goal. Um, I could probably use some development in that area, becoming more goal-oriented, and really, there's a lot of different ways of looking at goals and how you should go about them and, and, and how often to readdress them and that kind of stuff. And I'm too busy trying to figure out what's the next beer that I'm going to come out with, you know. Um, but I have, I just have a big goal of where I want my company to be. And then um, that's kind of every day I'm doing something to try to get there. My goal is every day to do something that's going to move the company forward. That's really my goal every day. That's cool. I mean, one of those um, pivotal books that I read during this whole thing um, was a book called Die Empty. It's by mm-hmm. Todd Henry. He's the guy that wrote The Accidental Creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about these the way that I write the goals down that I have are these like the stretch goals, the mm-hmm. sprint goals, and the step goals, right? Yeah. Um, because if you have this huge goal that is a collection of yeah. smaller goals. And if you can't focus on these small step towards, and like you're yeah. talking about doing something yeah. every single day, the only reason I have these written down, because yeah. if I didn't, I would literally have no direct. So yeah. here's kind yeah. of the way that I envision goal setting for, for business owners, for entrepreneurs is that we always look at the method, right? Mm-hmm. I'm here. I want to be successful. So here's where I, and that's where all the yeah. content is, right? Yeah. That's where everything is, is based is how do I get there? Yeah. Man, I'm big on, you have to know where you are. Yeah. And so many people don't understand mm-hmm. like, what are your strengths? Like what, yeah. what works for you? Why, what's going to be your hurdle mm-hmm. when this actually goes in? I had no idea, you know, um, awareness. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not a details person. I kind of knew that when I started, yeah. but it really became apparent yeah. when you start this company and there, you know, there's probably people that I've shot headshots for in my first six months that I've still never sent an invoice for. I just, there are little things like that, that I don't, I don't know. But so I have to have these procedures, the little small things Mm -hmm. in there or it's not going to happen. So I was big um, for the first year or two figuring out, okay, where am I? Where exactly am I here now that I know where you, that where I am, and I know what the goal is, there's where the trajectory yeah. is. Because if you take a step in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. it's not the right step, yeah. right? And so that's kind of been huge in figuring out where I'm going with these companies. Yeah. And um, when I uh, when I took ownership of Levant and started running that, there were entire branches of that that we closed down mm-hmm. once um, we rethought, like, okay, where are we? Yeah. And where do we really see this company going? Mm-hmm. And and kind of having that discussion and kind of looking everything over, I mean, changed a lot of things yep. for us. Uh, There's a lot of growth yeah. for me personally through those yeah. through those things. Yeah, I think like there's probably a lot of goal setting and planning that I do. That's that's probably just an area I'm, I don't write it down. Sure, you know, sure. I'm just not a I got now. I'll, I'll also change my goals will change like on a dime. Yeah, you know, really quick. And but I, I'll tell you, like I also think some of that is what helps be helps me to be successful as an entrepreneur because a lot of people will say okay here's my goal and then halfway through it something changes Mm. and they're not able to actually reach that goal and they need to pivot yeah and but their eyes are so stuck on that goal 
that they go into this tailspin for like days or weeks, mm -hmm. you know, of like they feel like a failure or whatever. So I think like I just I'm, I try to be as nimble as possible. I do want to get better at being able to sit down and identify what the goals are and mm -hmm. and then having those wins, you know, having that mind, that thing in your mind that says, oh, you did it. You reached a goal, you know, but like my mind is so fixated on this one big thing I want at the end that when I come out with a new beer that's like a big hit or whatever, you know, like it, it's cool for like 30 seconds, sure. you know, and then I'm like, okay, whatever I got, what's the next, like the next one, you know, or it's what's good. the big, the big thing, you know, but so yeah, I'm not, I, I need to be better at that. So for sure. I think that pivot, man, that's one of those things. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not getting, I'm, I got to stay here. Yeah. Uh, the pivot is one of those things that um, I think really sparks the difference between a mm -hmm. successful and a non-successful yeah. entrepreneur. Yep. Um, man, I've had so many people tell me good things over the years. Like Rennie Cook is an amazing, uh, an amazing mentor to me and a fantastic speaker and coach mm -hmm. and all those other things, trainer and all these things. But he, he told me over and over and over again, where's your pivot? If you yeah. have to pivot, where are you going? Are yep. you leaving room for your pivot? Yep. Is your mission statement put together mm -hmm. in a way that if you have to pivot, does it still hold true? Yeah. Um, look into the future. What could yeah. happen? Where is this going to work? Are mm -hmm. you really thinking this through? Which yeah. the answer was always no. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. this sounded great. I thought it sounded poetic. Yeah. Surely you're going to like this. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but did you think about it? Yeah. No. So yeah. like, man, the lessons that you get in the trenches are amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so if you had that moment, yeah, as an entrepreneur where it was you really had to make a big pivot to keep things going? No. No, I don't. I, well, I mean, I think with Levant and kind of yeah. that was a huge pivot for us. And cha we changed the business model a lot mm -hmm. um, when it came to that. And we were thinking, okay, well, I don't want to worry about six weeks. I want to worry about six years. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's work in this way. And, and how can we be more beneficial to our clients for mm -hmm. longer? Yeah. Um, how can I keep that line of communication open? I think we, you know, being an older company, we yeah. did things the way that website companies did a, a long time ago, yeah. right? Which would be, hey, I'm going to build you a website. Cool. I'm going to host the website. Cool. Peace out. I'll see yeah. you in three years when you need a new website, yeah. right? And that was just kind of something that just kind of kept through. Yeah. Um, but you have to really think about like, these people need help. Yeah. They need help with their messaging. They need help with mm -hmm. the narrative. Narrative changes, you know, yep. the way that we talk about how you produce um, content for your company changes mm -hmm. from year to year. Um, and now I sit down with clients that have been with us for 15 years. I'm like, hey, this worked and this mm -hmm. was awesome. It's not working anymore. You can't yeah. you can't sit and think that this is going to happen. We mm -hmm. have we have to pivot yep. in the mode of, of what we're yeah. doing. So that's been that's been really fun because I yeah. like having those conversations. Yeah, I think so. You know, I had a conversation not too long ago with a uh, another entrepreneur, and they they were just starting their business. They were in the early stages, and we were talking about the fact that if you're going to start your own company, and you know, I could say if it's you know if you're going to start a brewery or what, every industry has its challenges. But sure. like, if you're going to start your own company you have got to be mentally prepared for the difficult times. The thing that's not going to go as planned, something's going to happen that's going to just like come out of nowhere and it could, it could really kill your business and you've got to be prepared to deal with that, you know, and, or when there's tough times when sales are down for a month or two months, you know, can you keep your mindset where it needs to be to keep going, to keep fighting and keep, keep getting through it. And I would have these conversations with guys like that while times for my business were pretty good mm -hmm. and growing. And you don't, sometimes you don't realize that you yourself are going to probably face more of those times. And then COVID-19 hit, <laughs> right? So what are some things with your businesses that have been tough during COVID-19 and how you've, cause we're about the end of May right now. Mm -hmm. So for people that are listening to this, uh, later, that's that's when we're having this conversation. So we're businesses here in Oklahoma are just now starting to open back up and get through to what maybe phase three or whatever. Is that oh, yeah. we're in all these little phases? Yeah. yeah, I feel like I've been in the same phase from, <laughs> from day one. But uh, so, what are some things that have, that you guys have had to deal with, and how did you overcome that? I think um, 
so there's there's two answers to this, right? And, and pay no attention to my beer. I'm, you keep. Going. I gotta have a beer. <laughs> Get the sound. How's it sound? There it is. I love that. Okay, so there's there are those things that happen on a dime, and then mm. there are those things that happen over a long period. Um, so defining image. Here's a great example of that. I was moving studios, and um, it was my last thing my last haul over to the new studio i throw the backpack over my shoulder and it hits the the door frame mm-hmm. completely normal thing right i get back to the new studio and realize that the hard drive was in the outside pocket of said oh, backpack yeah and is now ruined yeah. like beyond yeah. replacing or, or getting any of that stuff yeah. back that that was the those were the images I was working on, mm-hmm. entire shoots, hours and hours of work just yeah. gone. Yeah. And so that was the first thing of like, oh, I now have to have a really difficult conversation with a bunch of people that I hope are going to extend some yeah. grace here. And I've got to start reshooting yeah. immediately to yeah. make this right. And so there are things like that. And I believe COVID-19 was kind of one of those things that was just this immediate bam, yeah. right? With Levant we had had this weird period of like, we're not sure. We're not sure. Is this what we want? Are we wanting to move out and do more all media? Are we Mm -hmm. wanting to do strictly websites? Is it where, where are we going? And that was a really scary time for a long time. And we ended up just throwing a bunch of money into figuring out what it is that we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, once we kind of got past that and we were working on kind of rebuilding, this is what I want. At that point I was like, okay, we got to be really careful because we're, you know, anybody is Mm. three stupid decisions away of losing it. Right. You can make three stupid decisions this afternoon and undo every good thing that you've done for your company. Right. They, They could be pretty stupid. Right. But I think I had the, the mindset luckily of just, trying to we're still in rebuild mode i was uh just kind of restructuring and for making sure that foundation was there Mm -hmm. so when COVID 19 hit uh defining image man can you imagine if i had that date and then became a full-time headshot photographer and then COVID 19 hits a few months later yeah i am so screwed yeah so screwed yeah it's like us you know we're working on a new building uh, that we'll move our brewery into in downtown automobile alley and uh originally we thought our plan would have been we would have moved into a new building like this probably around the beginning of this year and as much as we want to move into and expand as quickly as possible I mean, I just, I thank God that, you know, that <laughs> you we didn't, didn't start it. Yeah, that we didn't move it into it like in February. Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, I have friends who uh, started breweries um, and literally they were open for like a week mm-hmm. and then everything gets shut down. And it's just, you talk about tough, mm. t- tough times. But, and I don't know how you come back from that. You yeah. know, I mean, that's, yeah. especially if it's your first go. Yeah. Right. If you go and then it, fails after a little bit and then you go again it fails yeah. and then something catastrophic happens you're like okay yeah. cool i know that i yeah. what's that kick what's the, how do you start a motorcycle with your foot kickstarter <laughs> kick yeah that's old school yeah. you just you just push the kickstarter yeah. again and, yeah. that, and that happens so um i think with um it was kind of dual you know defining image completely fell off yeah um but i felt so confident yeah. in what we were doing with levant that this was okay it sucked. The timing was terrible. I had just been to Vegas. We did uh, this uh, conference called Headshot Mania, um, where this was every serious headshot photographer from all over the world yeah. flown into this one place, so that way we can, you know, hone our craft together, talk about the new things that are going yeah. on. Um, this is, man, this is what I love. You know, yeah. there's no shortage of like, hey, we've never met, yeah. and I am absolutely going to learn something yeah. from you. Because we're in the same space. It's just yep. that feeling of, of just progress and moving yep. forward that it doesn't matter what we do. Yeah. It's just, it's life, right? I, I think that plays into the part we talked about earlier about does everybody have what it takes to be an entrepreneur? And I think the one thing that not everybody has is the ability to not give up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think, I, I've, I've, I mean, I've seen people that started businesses and they were, they were entrepreneurs technically. They started a business and they may have done well for a while. And when things got tough, man, they just, I don't, I don't want to say they just quit, but like they just didn't have the fight in them to, 
try to figure something out. Sure. To try to figure out a way through it. That's probably, man, if I could tell people, you know, what's the one thing you need to know, you know, before you start a business is, are you ready to fight? You know, are you ready to not give up? I kind of wonder, I'm going to avoid making like a statement here because you're recording, but uh, I wonder if perseverance is a bit of a muscle. Like if I had to fight for defining image really early on, Mm -hmm. would it, I, would I've done it? Right. And I think that kind of leads into another question I had for you because you got into the brewery business. Um, you're drinking a beer. Mm-hmm. I don't drink beer. I don't like yeah. it, but yeah. I'm more than welcome to figure yeah. out if I'm wrong. Um, but there's a, I mean, I would assume there's a passion yeah. there. Right. Um, that was something that was kind of different for me. Yeah. Photography. There was a bit of a passion there because I yeah. enjoyed being out and doing that. There was no passion for headshots yeah. i mean i turned down the first gig i for turned down the first few gigs mm-hmm. and people had to convince me yep. to do their business headshots I, was like, I kept saying i'm not ready yeah. uh there's not even a name for the company yet and i can remember yeah. sitting at panera bread with a another business owner and he was like who cares yeah just what bring open your phone tell me when you're coming to my office mm-hmm. and you're taking our headshots like how hard is this mm-hmm. you just do it um and so that, I mean, again, fear, but yeah. there was not a whole bunch of passion on the forefront of that yeah. whole thing. It came after, you yeah. know, um, I could butcher a quote, but I'm not going to, but they talk about action comes before passion yeah. and you've got to make it happen first. Mm-hmm. So how was, how was that? How far did that play in for you? Well, I know like in your situation, it would have been interesting to see if there would been some big time, a COVID-19 type catastrophe hit your business. Mm-hmm in that beginning stage before you built the passion because I'm a big believer in that you've got to be passionate about something about your business in order to fight through those things in order to get up in the morning and go take care of some catastrophe that needs to be taken care of to put in the extra hours because look we talked about this in one of the other episodes I deal with laziness you know and it there's something about my company that makes me work my butt off. Yeah. You know? And so and it's, it's the passion, but like, yeah, I, I do have a passion for brewing beer. Um, it's not so much just the beer, which I love beer. You know, all you do is look, <laughs> look at me. I can tell you, you can tell I love beer, but you know, I, I homebrewed beer since I was a kid with okay. my dad. Um, but the real, the real passion is having an effect on people Mm. because what really gave me this desire to start a brewery which i always wanted to be in have my own business i always kind of wanted to always tried different things and wanted to be a business owner but the biggest thing that really gave me a lot of passion behind brewing beer was the times i spent with my dad uh sitting at a pub having a beer or the times I have with my friends, you know, like there's just something about bellying up to a bar mm. with some guys and chatting and talking about, you know, the thunder or whatever, you know, there's just something cool about that experience. And that, that my dad used to say that uh good beer bring keeps you around good people, That's you know, good. and there's something about that. There's just something about going to a craft beer bar or brewery as opposed to, you know, some other type of, a bar just the people that you come across and that kind of stuff but so i love there's man when somebody um posts something on social media untapped or something like that that says you know shows them with their dad or their friend or their wife or girlfriend and they've got one of our beers you know and they and they're talking about how much they love it like that that's the thing that gets me like gets me going you know and so that's why i have this passion to get up every day and go get in front of the computer and like, okay, what's the next recipe? Like what's the next cool, (laughs) cool beer I can come up with, you know? And then just, you know, having that impact on people and having an impact as an entrepreneur, as a, as a, uh, example for other people who were like me that didn't think they could do it, you know? So that passion gets me through a lot, a lot of difficult times. So I wonder, I mean, you're, you're tapping into something that's terrible. You're, you're getting into something there, the the community and this looking Mm -hmm. outward and, and being a part of something that's larger than yourself is pretty essential. I think that, you know, you asked about COVID-19, if that would have hit early on. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I would not have fought for it unless I was already um, 
in the headshot crew, mm-hmm. into this community of people of like-minded individuals yeah. in a community of people that do what I do mm-hmm. um, and can encourage and support yep. during these things. I mean, it's been amazing. It's been yeah. amazing. Like normally when you're uh, posting headshots for review and you're kind of putting them up against people all around yeah. the country, that's kind of a normal thing that we do. Uh, instead of that, <laughs> we've been doing like these weird like mask selfies and do pictures of your dog or do pictures of your kids and that kind of stuff. Just keep, keep the craft going even though Mm -hmm. we're closed. Right. And so, so many of them in New York and LA, they're still really like, I can, I think you hear it here first people that like June 1st, I think I'm feeling okay to to take one-on-one sessions, but there's some people that are going to be closed for a really, really long time. Cause you know, like, I mean, I've, I've had meetings one-on-one with people. We're doing this podcast now. Um, we, in the, in the brewery, you know, we, we try to be as distant as we can, but that's hard with everybody there, you know, but I've been, I'm one of those guys that honestly, like my, my feeling is until there's a a vaccine, like what, nothing's going to change from today to a month from now or two months from now. Right. But even with that being the way I am, me and uh, my fiance had a talk conversation the other day like i really need to get back in the gym you know mm-hmm. but i'm afraid to go to the gym you know i mean it, to me the gym was already the nastiest place <laughs> <laughs> you know and so there's still and every time i go to the grocery store i feel kind of nervous you know you got are you a mask guy do you wear masks out like off and on the beginning i yeah. did you know i had one of those uh buff gator neck gator things mm-hmm. i'd pull over which you know i've already looked into that deal they said that they're useless you know <laughs> the the buff thing mm-hmm. is kind of useless but um so in the beginning i did a lot um and with the beard dude that is really hard to wear a mask but uh i don't know i probably should you know but I, we try to go to the grocery store when we think it's not gonna be very busy sure but you still got martha over there picking up the tomato no that's not a good one picks up the other tomato oh no that's not He's a good on one, one you know yeah. and that's happening all day long you know before you got there and after you went so yeah it's a little a little nerve wracking. So yeah. <laughs> have you been to a, a, have you gotten a haircut or been to the gym? No, I made my wife do it. Yeah. Um, I've been walking, I've been walking a yeah. lot, getting up a little bit earlier and walking yeah. and, and I feel like, and don't, I suck at it. Yeah. I suck at it. When I do walk, it's like, yeah, dude, I'll do three, yeah. four, five miles and I'll feel yeah. really good. And if I can do it early, mm-hmm. then I'm ready to go work. Yeah. If I don't, you wake up at nine yep. and then half your day's gone, yeah. right? Because then the kids are up and they want cereal and you got to do all that. Um, this thing is different. Like yeah. this is different than anything we've encountered yep. in our in our lives, yep. especially in our parents' lives. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think like it's in, it goes back to community, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like we've got to make a decision together. Yeah. Uh, man, I'd hate to be mayor right yeah. now. That, what you're saying though reminds me of what Mayor Holt had to say in Oklahoma city. So like, I think he said something about no matter when we, he made the announcement to reopen, it just wasn't going to be a good meet, a good uh, announcement, you know? Um, and we, everybody, I think people do need to realize that we're in unchartered territory. And so when we like to judge somebody's decision mm-hmm. on what to do or whatever, you know, it's like none of us have been, even these leaders mm-hmm. have never been in this type of a situation, right. you know? So, that's either way it's going to be a tough call and every day when i try to decide how what i'm going to do mm-hmm. as far as getting out and that kind of stuff it's just like man it's just like seems to be no right answer yeah. you know so yeah that's definitely it's yeah i would not want to be put in a position yeah. where i would like man bria clark yeah. is amazing she's fantastic i love bria clark newly elected and now just you're going to get roasted yeah. and you, you know, going into a position yeah. that no matter what you do, you're pissing half yeah. of them off. Yeah. Right. And they're going, those are the people yeah. that are going to tell you on social media things. I, I don't know. I think being a creative mm-hmm. and you kind of seek that approval, uh, like you're doing this podcast, you want people to yeah. enjoy. Sorry uh, that you have to listen to me, but, um, <laughs> It's one of those things like there's that there's that fear in there. Is yeah. this going to be accepted? Is this helping people? Yeah. Um, and when you're in a position like Bria, I mean, luckily, she's got a good, strong following of people that will tell mm-hmm. her that she's, you know, you're doing a good job. Yeah. I know this sucks. This this is stupid. Um, yeah. We didn't ask for this. Right. Yeah. But man, 
to be in that position and have so much negativity yeah. getting thrown at you all the time, that I don't think I could yeah. endure. Yeah, that's the thing about leadership. You've got to be prepared to, yeah. to really piss off half the people, <laughs> right? Are you one of those people that feels like your physical health, being in shape and that kind of stuff has a direct effect on the health of your company? This, uh, anything that I say right now is going to be hypocritical. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's another thing that, man, Rennie Cook, again, I was sitting yeah. in his office and I noticed, I mean, I was like, dude, you look really good. And he said, yeah, you know, my coach said, mm -hmm. I, you got to look hungry. Mm -hmm. If you look, you know, like you're just slacking off, if you yeah. can't take care, like defining image, I'm yeah. helping you define that image for yourself and for people, right? Yeah. If I can't take care of my own image, yeah. then why would you trust me with yours? Yeah. So yes, absolutely. I feel like when I'm exercising, I'm eating a little bit better. Ter I'm, ter I'm terrible at all this, yeah, man. Yeah, same so there here. is, I can't, same here. I can't make any definitive statements because I sound like an asshole. Yeah. So um, yes, that is correct. I should follow my own uh, my yeah. own advice there. So thanks for that. I can tell you, <laughs> I, can, I, I can tell you that I've got a pretty good feel for what works. Now, whether or not I always do that <laughs> is a is a whole another whole another thing, you know. Like yeah. I I know when I'm at my best, like what, what I need to do to be at my best. Mm -hmm. And those, some of those areas, I'm just not good at sticking to, you know, especially during this COVID-19 thing, man, it's just thrown, thrown me for a loop yeah. when it comes to that, some of that stuff, you know, it's funny when the people around you that are closest to you start noticing a change for the worst, mm -hmm. that's when, that's when action happens. I think yeah. that happened to me a couple, maybe a month ago. The kids never eat the things that we buy. Yeah. <laughs> and even if they're sweet. So like we have yeah. Oreos in the pantry and no one ever freaking eats them. Yeah. And so of course I don't want them to go bad. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I take care of it. I'm, I want to support this family. Yeah. And so I eat all the Oreos. And so I bring out Kristen buys another thing of Oreos and, and my daughter is like, dad, you cannot eat all of these Oreos. I said, yeah. They go bad. Like, yeah. they get gross. You can't eat them. Yep. I said, do you know what happened the last time I refrained from eating mm -hmm. the Oreos? And she looked at me and she said, what, did you get skinny? Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> great. There's there's your moment, Ryan. Yeah. You should probably lose some weight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if your kids are like, hey, look at you know, yeah. the guy that can't stay away from the Oreos. So. so what's the future hold for your companies? Man, it's, it's amazing to think... <laughs> that after COVID-19 and, and this thing starts normalizing again, that we can start thinking about like, yeah. okay, what does this look like now? Right. I think, um, I think for, for Levant, for me, it's going to be um, a huge focus on retention mm -hmm. and not just keeping people in our circle, but I want to make sure that people are completely equipped mm -hmm. to do the things that they need to do as a business owner. And as a company, yeah. I think that, so much changes in your narrative and how you talk to clients um, day to day that you should have access to make those changes as you're thinking about them. I always talk about your website being, a, it's a conversation, it's a sales yeah. conversation, right? Yeah. So if, you're, if your website is not telling prospects what you do, where you are, why they should choose you, why mm -hmm. they should even need what you're doing, um, then it's not doing its job. And if you yeah. have an employee that you are paying for that aren't, that isn't doing their job, you need mm -hmm. to fire them. Right. Yeah. And so talking about that conversation and creating that narrative, I want to use the examples that I've had from other clients and be able to just mass yeah. send that out. So I think we're going to be doing a lot of video yeah. in the future, just talking about like, Hey, here's what we've been doing. Here's what's new. Mm -hmm. Here's what's working. Here's the things that have changed in our yeah. platform that you can utilize for your benefit. And then defining image, man. Yeah, I'm going all in. I gotta. Yeah. That, that needs to happen. I definitely again. think video is like the thing. I mean, that's like one. It's underutilized. Mm -hmm. I, I'm amazed at once I've got a feel for how with my my brewery how I wanted to use video more to get people to put their eyes on our company. Yeah, it just amazes me how few people are doing that, yeah. and then why we weren't doing it sooner. It's funny because the the thing that video changes for everybody is okay so you your perfect example i get called i say hey do you want to do this podcast i'm like yes absolutely I have no idea who this is yeah. you know i don't know what's going on okay so i read an article yeah 
I kind of get the sense of your voice. I'm like, no, oh, okay, I'm going to like this guy. Cool. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, but I need, I need to know what it feels mm-hmm. like to be in a room with yeah. him. You watch the YouTube video, got it. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah. There's nothing that's going to tell the story and the culture of your company like video yeah. will. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Before, bef- actually, before we got to the studio, uh, I stopped in to speak to, there's a new liquor store that had opened next down by our house. So I've been waiting to catch somebody in there, you know, mm. so I could sell them some beer. Sure. You know? And so I stop in and, and talk to the owner and she had just had a customer in there asking about us. Uh, mm. We've been doing deliveries, you know, nice. during this whole deal. And That's so cool. everybody in our neighborhood over there has been getting our beer <laughs> delivered to them. And so that was going to be my big pitch. You know, if, if she gave me any kind of a, hesitancy i was gonna tell her all about how all these people have been drinking my beer back Perfect. here in this neighborhood Look at you. and uh <laughs> but anyways she she had already heard of us from somebody coming in and she said you're i've actually got you pulled up on the computer right now because she had never heard of skydance at the time so she went and just googled it mm. a year ago or six months ago even if somebody had done that it would have probably pulled up facebook first mm-hmm uh, maybe our website, you know, we weren't putting content out on blogging or vlogging or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, so people, they would have seen kind of some of our cans and some of our Facebook posts is about it. But she had seen the vlog that we're doing now. She saw a lot more stuff. So she, she actually recognized me just when I came in, you know. Yeah. And so that's like real powerful. Like there, it, there was no like genius sales move being made sure. at the time when I was there. It was a done deal. It was already over with, you know. So uh, definitely, man, just the power of it. And then the power of just doing it, putting out as much content as you possibly can and, and being easy, easy to find yeah. by people. Yeah, so. I think that's going to be the biggest differentiator. Yeah. I mean, yes, there you can get a headshot from any photographer that knows how to hold the camera. There yeah. might even be one sitting in the room yeah. as we're speaking yeah. <laughs> that could take a headshot, yeah. right? Yeah. And so now I've got to differentiate from people like that. Yeah. And then there's even other members of the headshot crew. I think there's mm-hmm. four of us in total in, in all of Oklahoma. Yeah. And so, okay, there's a little bit of competition because then you've got stylistic, the quality's there. It's a little bit different, the, the, the direction and every the coaching's there. So how do you differentiate now? It's all personality, yeah. right? If I can get you to understand what it feels like to be in the studio with me, yeah. then I've got you, yeah. right? Then I then you know yep. that it's not going to be this really weird, tense, stuck-up yep. thing. Um, and people are scared about that stuff. People yeah. are scared about their image, and I think that's why they yeah. don't like being on yeah, video, exactly. too. If, but if you, know, if you get on Facebook and you have a friend that needs uh, – uh, Casey, Casey had a roof issue the other day or you've got somebody needs their AC worked on or whatever. People go to Facebook and they say, are any of my friends a HVAC guy yeah. or any of my friends a roofer? And the reason is, is they want to do business with people they know, mm-hmm. right? And you can't, not everybody can know you mm-hmm. except when you do video. Yep. There's something about people watching you on a vlog, especially. I like the vlog format. Mm-hmm because it's like they're there with you and they're just getting to know your personality. Whereas a commercial, Oh, that's the Sam Adams guy. You know, it's <laughs> like, you don't really know him. You yeah. Know? You just kind of, it's just a figurehead. Right. Sure. And so there's something about the video thing that I've noticed and we've only, we just started it. We haven't done a, but a few episodes, but there's something about it. Now when I see people who have watched the vlog and their face lights up, you know, and they feel like they know you. Yeah. And that's like the whole point of it. Same thing with the podcast. Like I want people to get to know me as the owner of Skydance and feel like when they put our beer in their store or their bar or their restaurant, that they're doing business with somebody that they know. Yeah. And there's something cool about video that does that. And you're also me. starting in a long form. Yeah setting yeah and so then you can take that take long form and pieces, pulling that yeah. out and be where they are yeah. right yeah. if they're looking for you on instagram story yeah. they're not going to find you on youtube yeah. it's just not going to happen that's how you i know somebody happen. listens to gary v who they're saying <laughs> stuff like that so all right man uh so i guess last question for sure. you and we kind of maybe hit on this a little while ago but uh so you're talking to somebody who uh is today thinking about opening a company or starting a company they've been working for the man for a long time and they're scared to to jump into entrepreneurship what's the one thing what's the one thing you're going to tell them you have one chance to tell them something and this is going to either make them do it or not what is it 
That's good. That's a good yeah. question. Um, man, above anything else that I've done, I would tell people get your tribe together. Yeah. First, right? Whether you call that your your board or your tribe or mm-hmm. your family, the the close people that are going to help you. Not only now when you're thinking about this, and these are knowledgeable. This is not yeah. literally your you know your yeah. brother and his yeah. friends, right? <laughs> this is like the that you're great, group honey. Group. You're the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> right. I need somebody. That's how you end up being the girl on American Idol that gets up uh, in front of everybody and can't sing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, it has to be people outside, yeah. right? And people that are not necessarily in your industry and then people that are, yeah. right? Um, and get that thing together and start learning more about how community yeah. is going to help make or break this because they're going to be the ones that are there when you start it. Yep. They're going to be the ones there when COVID-19 yeah. hits and you're you're screwed for a while. Yep. Um, I think above anything else, it's about who you surround yourself yep. with. And, and that's, that's what made me succeed as much. Man, I'm glad you said that. Cause that's really like the whole purpose of this podcast yeah. is, you know, we talked about a lot of areas where I really want to, uh, develop more, you know? Sure. And, uh, so I really having people like you on here, that's like my purpose. You know, we, when we were trying to come up with a name for the podcast, like I'm like, all the, all the ones that, def- that really, describe what I'm wanting to do are already taken, you know, <laughs> tribe of mentors, you know, yeah. the Tim Ferriss book, uh, stuff like that. It's funny. You said the board too, because, uh, what was the name we, we talked about? Oh, the board of advisors. We're yeah. going to call it the board of advisors, right? I'm so huge on just bouncing ideas off of people, thinking out loud to somebody, um, working together with people to come yeah. up with stuff. So I'm glad you said that. Oh, so, good. Good deal. Well, man, we appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. So. Thanks so much. Yep. Thanks. How'd I do, Jake? He's pretty pretty cool cat, right? He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Except he said he doesn't like to drink beer, so yet. we'll have to. I have not found one yet. Well, hey, that's one of those things that maybe we can uh, coerce him into. I may have had some <laughs> ulterior motives going yeah. into this a little yeah. bit. So, Casey, what do you uh, take from uh, the interview today? Man, you know, I've known Ryan for a couple of years. and, and But no surprises? The, man, not really <laughs> any surprises. I mean, the guy just carries himself so well. Yeah. and I try. He's one of those guys that gets himself into the situation. You yeah. know, he doesn't wait for the right situation. He's just he's just in there. I mean, yeah. he he comes off a little bit meek and everything. no, 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 not yeah. at all. This guy's a bulldog. <laughs> you know, he he really gets in there and and finds where it's at. One of the things that I've really learned a lot from from Ryan was ask more questions. Yeah, because you're going to learn more about whether you're selling something. Whether you're trying, uh, you know, trying to get somebody's business, whatever it is, you know, ask more questions, get to know that person better. That way you can help them and, and kind of fine tune it and suit it to their needs. Yep. So that's, that's one of the big things that, uh, that, that I take away from him, yep. you know? Yeah. Well, cool. Well, it was a good interview and, uh, everybody check us out next time on the episode. Well, the next one will be episode four already. So we're starting to build them up here by the time people hear this we will have released more episodes but at this point in time we haven't actually launched yet so but uh everybody check us out on itunes spotify youtube those are all the places you can find brood with hustle hopefully we're able to uh get some guests as good as we had today (laughs) so uh thanks for everybody for listening and watching or wherever you're catching us at and uh make sure that um you take heed of the things that ryan taught us today so all right guys appreciate it cheers